Hey there, welcome to the Stormwater World Podcast. After 10 years in the stormwater industry, I feel like I've only scratched the surface of all there is to learn. I believe there are a lot of people just like me who are curious, but we're all just so busy. So I'm going to ask the questions so we can get the answers together. My name is Ty Garman, and I'm your host. Join me as we learn about what is happening in the stormwater world. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Stormwater World Podcast. Uh, today, we are going to talk about the, what's the capital V, the best manager practice with a friend of mine, Mr. Barry Fagan. Uh, let me do a little introduction for Barry. Barry is a PE, a PLS, an EMVSP, an ABC, a 123, I'm just kidding, a CPESC, a CPM, an uh, SM, an SSWE. Uh, in stormwater, uh, he's a stormwater and sustainability professional who supports infrastructure development at the intersection of built and natural environments. Barry's expertise is based on decades of managing stormwater programs and infrastructure projects and promoting environmental responsibility in transportation, renewable energy, and urban settings. Barry and his wife, Tracy, created Fagan Consulting LLC to further their mission of helping good people deliver livable, sustainable, and resilient infrastructure. Barry, welcome to the pod. How are you, sir? Good morning. Great. Thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you. So right out of the gate, before we get into uh, our conversation and we break down what is the best manager of practice, you're going to have to unpack that biography there. So uh, so tell us a little bit about what you've done and what you're doing now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not a huge fan of long biographies, especially <laughs> in conference and interview settings. It's awkward for everyone. So I have in the past a few times just said my biography is Barry loves dirt, he loves water, and he loves the challenge of keeping those two separated. So that, oh my uh, gosh, Wait, what the heck? We should have done that one. I like that one way better. Yeah, let's do that. I'm starting over. Barry uh, loves dirt, he loves water, and he likes to keep those two separated. All right, take it away, Mr. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's better. Yeah, so I, my background is uh, in DOTs. I, I guess I, I started work for the Alabama DOT. Actually, during college, worked for them for 26 years. Uh, here in Alabama, and then uh, retired in 2016, went to work for a, a medium to large size uh, consulting firm, Volkert. And then uh, a little over a year ago, my wife and I started our own consulting firm, um, just doing doing the same stuff I've enjoyed doing for the last 15 or 20 years, actually, just uh, helping good people get better at managing stormwater. And, you know, I'm working for DOTs with their stormwater programs and projects and working for a few solar developers here in the southeast actually uh, got a chance to go out to montana to work on a a solar site a few months ago um, and then helping other folks either either stay out of trouble or helping them to get out of trouble once they're in trouble so that's uh how many so so let me back up how many how many years have we been have we been playing with dirt and water then um well, 2002 was really when I dug into the combination of dirt and water. I was way into dirt before then uh, in the construction world. Okay. But, um, 2002, I, uh, I volunteered to to help out. Aldot was in some trouble uh, on the regulatory side related to construction stormwater, and I volunteered to help out, and that kind of changed my career. Not kind of, it did change my career uh, trajectory. That's it. 
I got you. So, so with all that experience, right? So this, so you've boiled it down after seeing quite a many, quite a many of things uh, in your career across, you know, what I guess now what we would say the public, the public side uh, with the DOT or the government side, the, you know, the consulting side. Um, you've got it all down to one best management practice and I don't, I don't, I don't want to steal your thunder. So, uh, so let everybody, let everybody have it. What is the, what is the best management practice and kind of, uh, defend your thesis for us? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think communication is the best management practice. And, um, you know, for, I guess the, the reason I got into the communication is, um, well, number one, I suck at it. And if you don't believe me, ask my wife. Um, <laughs> well, I tell everybody, hey, you know, they're like, well, how do you start a podcast? I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm just willing to suck long enough to where I don't suck. And so I'm still, I feel like I'm still in the suck phase too, honestly. So we're in trouble, Barry. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> so I started getting interested in leadership and management probably, I don't know, 25 years ago, maybe. And, and I kept bumping up, up against this fact that it's really hard to lead people or influence people or even even work with people if you can't communicate. And I'm a, I guess, a, a born introvert and, and, you know, no offense, but I don't, I don't care too much for hanging out with, with people, you know, but one-on-one is, is good, but, you know, conference, small talk. And, uh, I just, I don't do well with that. I'm, I'm worn out at the end of a, you know, after this, this interview here, you know, I, I prepared for it and, and afterward, I'll be zapped for a while. And uh, but I'm smart enough that I can learn a skill, and that's what I've been working on right. for the last right. twenty or so years. And and also see that within our our stormwater world, you know, as you get older, you start seeing a bigger picture, and you start looking beyond the, I guess the the how and the what, and you start start looking at why. And and if you look at why we do what we're what we're supposed to be doing as stormwater professionals and the things that get in our way the the reasons why we haven't met our goals over the years it it all has a a a basis or a rooting in a lack of uh, effective communication and so that's uh, that's been kind of a my my mission for the last couple of years is to help folks get better at managing uh, communication uh, a lot of your listeners, some of your listeners maybe that, that have heard me speak in the past, they're familiar with the, the five pillars of construction stormwater management and, and those are you know, manage communication first and then manage water, work, water erosion and sediment. But too often we start out trying to manage sediment, which by itself is ineffective and we end up back talking to our lawyer, talking to the reporter, talking to the regulator. And, and so we, we always end up back at communication and it's way, way cheaper and more effective if we'll start there. So you feel like that's it, right? Like that's all the issues kind of boil down to like, and I, you know what, I, I have to agree. I think probably a lot of issues just in general in life kind of boil down to, uh, you know, pick up the phone, the email, there's just a lot. I feel like there's a lot of loss of translation now in our text message emoji world. That um, at some point, I think that's something I've always done. Is at some point, it, it, the emails it can't be an email anymore. There's too, there's no there's no feelings in an email, right? You got to pick up the phone. You need to talk to that person before 
it escalates and that everybody's so far off the page that like you said now all the 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 powers that be whatever situation that you're in whether it's regulators or lawyers or whatever and it's like man this probably this probably didn't have to get to this point yeah and communication is so many different things and i, I think one of the ways we we become more effective communicators is realize what what effective communication is and that's when when our intended message is received by the intended uh, audience or listener and so you've got to have a sender, you've got to have a receiver, and you've got to have an effective message that, that comes across as you intended. And, you know, you think about, um, you know, start way back with the Clean Water Act that turned 50 last year. And, you know, some of the goals that were set along, one of those goals was to re restore uh, the quality of our waters by 1985. And we're at, or 1983, sorry, that's, that's 40 years ago, we, we had a, goal, a deadline, and that goal and deadline came and went 40 years ago. And, you know, we're not, we're not talking about, it. we didn't, we didn't really celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Clean Water Act and, and talk about those challenges. And, you know, I think the groups like the American Society of Civil Engineers, they're doing a, a great job with the uh, America's infrastructure report card. And for the first time ever in history of that report card in 2021, the ASC added stormwater infrastructure as, you know, one of the critical elements of our nation's infrastructure, which is absolutely great news that we're finally at the, the, the adult table. But the bad news is we got a D <laughs> on our first report card. We brought <laughs> all the solid D. Oh, and, uh, wow. you know, some folks say that's, it gives us room to grow, but that's not what my parents said when I brought home my first D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're at, yeah. At risk, you're, you're, you're struggling, and yeah, we need some help. Yeah. So, you, you, I, I think ASC is doing a good job of bringing that to light, and then states are coming along. We in Alabama, we graded our stormwater infrastructure for, for the first time last year, and uh, we thought we were doing better than the nation, but we couldn't bring ourselves up to a C minus. We we're at a solid D plus. Uh, just so we can brag about that, I guess. To, to <laughs> so, oh my gosh! But I got a question, you know, or, or, or I'd like your thoughts on it, you know, from a communication standpoint, because me as a person that's only been in the industry for what going on twelve years, and I just um, I, I came from a lot faster pace industry, I guess I could say. Um, I've always been in in some sort of uh, some sort of sales. So the cycles are slow in our industry, as you know. Like it seems like everything is a little, moves a little slower in the stormwater world. Um, but you know, twelve years in, and you just said like forty years in, and we missed kind of missed the mark, and we didn't really like really revisit it as far as the celebration of the Clean Water Act and where are we and what are we doing. Um, but from from that communication standpoint, it, to the general public, okay. So because so I I look at it like people still don't even get it. Like they don't even realize like the, like I talk to people all the time and they're like, Hey, what do you do? And I'm like, I got to kind of explain like what industry I'm in. Right. Like this, you know, stormwater industry. And a lot of people just, they don't even realize it, that that water is not treated that, you know, like they care. Now people care. Like, see, I, you know, I live in, as, as you know, I live in, you know, Southeast Texas. And so I live in hurricane land. So people care about storms and they terribly care about, 
the water that comes from storms in terms of hurricanes and flooding. But when it comes from, uh, you know, an environmental compliance standpoint or just the quality of that water or what we're doing, they really still don't, they don't really get it. And so what are your, what are your thoughts on our, on our efforts and uh, on that side of things? Like, you know, you, you know, you mentioned it as you go, we have to have a message and it, but that message has to have a listener. And I really don't think that people, unless it, you know, unless it affects them directly, I think they're so bound, wound up in their own lives, right? Like, so we've got the, the, dark, the you know, black water, wastewater. We got that figured out, right? Flush the toilet goes away. Mm. But I tell you what, if it started backing up into the streets, people would really care, right? Or if well, the toilet didn't work, they'd care. Yeah. But on stormwater, what's, what's, the, what's the answer there? Or, or what's your thoughts on the stormwater side of that? Equation. Well, it's it's all about how we're communicating with the public. We we talk to each other, you know, all the time. We talk in circles. We write <laughs> about this and write about that, and and we even yeah. sometimes say we've got the black water figured out. Like you just you just mentioned, but right. you know, right. all but do, beaches, but do we? beaches all along the Gulf Coast, you know, they they're closed quite often for water quality oh, issues. Okay. And who do we blame that on in the media? We say heavy rains caused, you know, this beach to be closed. But the fact is, heavy rains were a part of it, but it's really because of the, the wastewater treatment plant was not handled, not equipped to handle all the, the, the infiltration that was receiving from those rainwaters. And, and so you've got poop flowing out into the, the streams and that's closing your beach. It's not the heavy rain. You know, take, uh, you know, when we have a, a in South Alabama, we had a, um, a sinkhole in the news. It was a, a sinkhole developed in a small town and, you know, talk about heavy rains and developing this, you know, when we think about sinkhole, that's a natural phenomenon. You've got a limestone cavity down there that gives way or something. But in reality, it wasn't a sinkhole. It was the 40 year old corrugated metal pipe had rusted away to the point where it was no longer supporting the soil around it. And, and so we, I think we, you know, in a way to kind of call ourselves relating to or communicating with the public, trying to use these general terms, but we're pointing them away from what the real problem is. And that's, you know, a failing infrastructure that's either causing the infrastructure itself to give way or uh, causing the quality of our waters to, to be poor. And, and so... Yeah, you- no, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, one, one thing where we have kind of latched on here in Alabama, the, um, the Alabama Stormwater Association, we were kind of seeing this and, you know, saw some opportunity in the Birmingham, Alabama area. There's been some really significant flooding in that area. And so we saw that opportunity to tie, you know, it's not just that it's raining much harder and, and than it has been in the past. That's, that's true also but we have an infrastructure issue. And so we were able to uh, we put together an, an event called the ASA Table Talks. And we brought in not just stormwater inspectors and stormwater this and stormwater that, we brought in mayors and public works directors and city engineers. And we talked about funding and, uh, and opportunities for funding and the, the real source of those, those flooding issues in that area. And, I think we're going to have to do more of that and, you know, lean on the, the, the ASCE's report card and that sort of thing and, and actually talk to people yeah. about stormwater. We can't just keep talking to each other about stormwater. Yeah, I just, I, I, I agree. I agree. I, 
But, you know, I don't want to get too far off our, our main topic today of communication. However, you kind of you brought up the, the infrastructure thing. And, and I always I'd like to get your opinion on just that as from, a you know, like a 30,000 foot uh, viewpoint, because I feel like all over the news and all over things that I read and see is that we really kick the can down the road on, um, you know, capital improvement projects from city to city and just state to state, just all over the country. It feels like that we just like, did we just kind of turn a blind eye and figure, feel like a lot of our infrastructure is going to last forever or what the heck? I mean, I feel like we're going to have some big problems over the next few decades as far as uh, failing infrastructure. Do you agree with that? Or what are your thoughts as far as what, what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. The, you know, the, the fact that we have a D as our grade, that, that <laughs> indicates a real problem. That's, right. you know, right? my parents <laughs> were, true. you know, if you're, if you're coasting at a C, then you're, you're just one goof up away from disaster. And I was full of goof ups. And, and so if you're at a D, that, that means you've got significant issues and it needs immediate attention uh, to get that grade up to a place where you have some cushion. You know, in our stormwater world, we don't we don't get to decide how much it rains or how often it rains or how hard it rains. We don't get to decide, you know, how much room do we have to work in and our budgets. And, and so we've got to build ourselves some cushion. And right now we have no cushion. We're, we're working at capacity. And then when something goes wrong, a pipe fails, then we're having to have emergency, you know, committee meetings and emergency funding. And, and that's not an effective or a, a, certainly not an efficient way to, to be using our tax dollars to address storm, uh, infrastructure issues. Um, but it is, you're, you're exactly right. We do have a problem. And, you know, on top of that problem, then you've got, you know, changes associated with, with climate to our, our rain and, you know, that's right. uh, it, it. It's a bad situation. And the only way through that is through with communication. Yeah. So let, so uh, so let's let's bring it back to some light. You know, I mean, this is pretty heavy. You know, it's kind of heavy stuff, you know, because it, it but it, it's real. And I think um, I think to get back on, you know, your line of communication and, and the importance of it, I, I think we need to, to throw out there to everybody, too, that the communication is a it's not always, it, it, and it can't be, it shouldn't be a top-down, it should not be a top-down thing. Okay, what do I mean by that? Well, uh, years ago, and I don't know if it's this way still, I would hope it still is, but years ago I heard, I saw a story where, um, you know, when Disney World was just the greatest thing on earth, which I, you know, I guess it's still supposed to be, but I, I don't I don't know. I, I, I always go to Universal when I go to Florida, but that's a whole other conversation. Anyways, back to my story. Um Anybody that worked for Disney, from the person that was cleaning up around the park to a ride operator to the characters to anybody that was employee at Disney World, had the right, with no repercussions to themselves uh, uh, or their, their job, to stop a ride. If they saw something they thought was unsafe, they could say something and that ride would be stopped. And there, you know, of course, if you stop a ride at Disney, I mean, you think about the hours of wait and the disgruntled customers and the loss of, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, that's a big thing to stop a ride, but anybody could stop a ride. And, uh, and I think that that level of communication definitely needs to also be, in a, you know, you, you know, touch on it. I think it's one of our, you know, points in our notes of why, of, um, you know, that uh, it shouldn't necessarily be top-down messages that anybody, uh, if you're in the stormwater world, you have the ability to 
make a difference no matter you know quote unquote what level you feel like you're at would you know you want to expound on kind of that thought process Barry yeah sure um, there, there's no doubt in, in my mind or in my experience that uh, having the support of leadership and, and management having that support can can take your program much further much faster however or and we we stormwater professionals we're you know, we may be in, in a traditional position of authority. We, we may be the project manager. We may be, you know, even the division manager or whatever it might be. But most of the time we're inspectors and, and that inspector absolutely has influence. And that was a, a lesson I had to teach myself, you know, coming up in the, the Alabama DOT. You know, you, you can sit in your seat and gripe about what leadership's not doing. Or you can recognize that, hey, I actually do have a circle of influence. And my circle may, it may be smaller now than I, I would hope. It, it may be only a few people or it may be limited to one project or only one part of the state. But within that circle of influence, I can, I can make a difference. And I, I think that it's, it's, it's up to us stormwater professionals to keep reminding ourselves of why we do what we do that you know, it's not it's not about checking boxes and pushing paper. It's it's about actually making sure that we're doing our best, the best that can be done to to protect the environment, protect water quality and and, and to ensure that we're we're working in a way that's compliant with regulation. And, and we have the ability to, to have that influence. And even if we you know, even if we're not working for that, uh, that particular group, but I'll tell you a quick story um, on one of my projects. There's a an inspector, and, and on this project, I'm I'm providing kind of an environmental quality assurance. I come in once every couple of weeks and give them an extra set of eyes. And there's an inspector on that project that I asked him for some information the other day. He shot it back to me immediately, and I, I said, "Wow, thanks for the service." And he said, "Well, when the boss speaks, I'm going to deliver." And I said, "Hey, I'm going to let you in on a secret here. I'm not your boss." <laughs> it reminded me that I, I've got some influence uh, with with this inspector, and I and because I do have that in, uh, influence, I have a responsibility to uh, to guide this this young person new new in the stormwater world. I have a responsibility to guide him, even though I don't sign his paycheck. He doesn't even work for the same company actually I'm, I'm working for Aldot. he's an Aldot inspector and if anything he's my boss uh, but we we just never know what what kind of influence we have on others and if we can uh, kind of create a professionalism uh, within ourselves and and really do our homework and be on top of our game create uh, within ourselves the the most obvious expert, you know, the, you, you said earlier, I, I would be the expert in the room or most knowledgeable about this topic <laughs> yeah. or whatever it was you said. 100%. 100%. I said, you're the smartest person in this conversation, so, you know, don't let the nerves get to you. That's it. That's, that's, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be just fine, Barry. <laughs> so we can position ourselves as being the expert in the room. And, and if your job is to, to be the stormwater inspector, then you ought to know more than anybody on this planet about what that project looks like in terms of stormwater inspection and, and then use that influence to guide others.
Well, you know, and I'll, I'll say this, and I don't, I don't know that situation, but I'll be willing to bet and having spoke to you over the years that uh, that inspector, you know, he said, well, I, I, I got to get the boss what he needs, right? And so, you know, that's, you know, a little tongue-in-cheek there. Let me get you that stuff real quick. But um, a key to communication, I think the best communicators are the best listeners, right? Um, so if, you, if I provide you a bunch of information that falls on deaf ears, my desire to continue to provide that information to you in a timely fashion is going to diminish, right? Um, so I would be willing to bet the reason why I get you the information as well in a timely fashion quickly is because you actually look at that information, you assess that information, you give him feedback, and then everybody continues to move forward together. So he feels like he is an integral part of the solution. Um, and so that's, uh, that's just a whole nother key side of, you know, we had defined the communication as, you know, delivering a message and having a receiver, but at the same time, you know, to me, if not 50%, maybe 75 is, is, is you got to listen, you got to listen, you got to hear the message. Uh, I think there's a lot of us just in our lives. We just get so busy onto the next thing, onto the next thing you mentioned that before, just the, just let's not check the boxes. Let's actually try to do the right thing um for whatever project we're working on and i think that's you know that's what it all kind of boils down to we just kind of keep circling it back right like are we are we taking in what is given to us are we open to receiving that message and what's happening on this project so we could actually you know provide our input and make a win-win solution for everybody but uh, i'd say you're probably doing pretty well on your communication journey um, and that's and that's also probably why that that uh, inspector uh, respects quote unquote that boss role that you uh, that you hold is because uh, one you don't treat him like that and two uh, I'm sure you give him the feedback so that he can do a better he can do better at his job. Um, so you've got we've got you know so I give everybody uh, that comes on the pod I give them, you know hey give us some bullet points let's talk about you know what you want to talk about and uh, and uh, it's my job to kind of keep the conversation rolling in that direction. Uh, but I got this third bullet point uh, and, and, uh, and I think it's pretty cool uh, and interesting. And so I want to, uh, and I, I'm interested to see, uh, you know, what's your thoughts on it? Cause it says it's, 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 you know, you're the, you, you, you know, it's, it's your, it's your bullet point, but I'm just going to read it. Right. So just, I'm just going to straight out read it. And then uh, for everybody. So, and then, and then you kind of expound like, what, what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Like, and so we can kind of discuss it together, but it's, you know, we can't hope to influence people, that we aren't willing to hang out with. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so that um, that lesson actually came to me probably 15 years ago. My, my son was uh, in a, a youth group at church and I was leading these, these guys and we were talking about influencing others and being influenced by others. And that was, that lesson kind of came to me there in that setting but I started applying that that thinking at work, and you know, to give you a, a quick example, the the Alabama DOT we have we have several um, river keepers and other environmental advocacy groups here in Alabama, and for years and years, those two entities, ALDOT and the, the environmental groups, were on completely opposite sides of the fence, and you know, we stayed on our side and we threw rocks over the fence at the others, and they did the same to us, and. Um, <laughs> You know, one, uh, we had a big project coming up and our transportation director, uh, John Cooper, who's still transportation director today, he said, uh, uh, he said, Barry, we need to set up a meeting with, 
with those people. It was one particular group. And I said, really? And he said, why in the world would we not talk to the people who pay our salaries? And I said, yes, sir. And I reached out and said, hey, we'd like to come sit down with you and talk. And they nearly fell out of their chairs that we <laughs> were willing to talk. And, and so we, we sat down, physically sat down together and started talking about what their concerns were, what our concerns were. were. Uh, and so we, we understood more about the Cahaba River in this case and what the, the, the sensitivities were. And the, this group, the Cahaba River Society, learned more about what our limitations were and what it takes to build a roadway. And at the end of the day, we realized that they don't want us to, to destroy the Cahaba River and we didn't want to destroy the Cahaba River or uh, impacted species. So we had a, an element in common. And so we started, uh, I started recognizing that we were actually influencing their thinking, but at the same time, they were influencing our thinking. And, and so I think we can, I, I saw a quote the other day that said something about uh, your opinions don't change the world, your actions do. And so if you're willing to sit down with someone and hang out with them, maybe even in their setting, in their world, go paddling with them. And in this case, maybe um, they start to see you as human. And we all know that humans are, have the potential to make mistakes because they're just like us. And so once you see someone as human and having the ability to make a mistake or, or not have the same exact same interests as you, you start to develop a little bit of grace and understanding and, and when something does go wrong, some forgiveness. And, you know, that's, I, I used to encourage the ALDOT folks, let's, let's at least make it appear that our heart is in the right place. I, I tell our, uh, some of our maintenance folks, I'd say, look, you don't have to care about the environment. I just need you to act like you care about the environment. Let's, let's make it look like we, we care about this place. And, and that really goes a long way. Good. And, you know, it's not all about appearances when you, when you, somebody right, can tell right. you're, no, you're I understand, right. in the right place, but, um, that it's hard to get to that if you're not willing to hang out with, with someone and physically get into okay. their space and, and, and talk to them. Well, I mean, you know, you, 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 you joke about, you know, act like, you know, you care or whatever. And it's kind of funny how, if you act like something long enough, you start to slip up and actually care, right? So, you, you know, it's not a, you see, so you kind of tricking them into caring, honestly, because I, I, I mean, I, I'm not an environmentalist. I don't, you know, by any stretch of the means, imagination. Um, but after being in this industry for 12 years, it's not hard not to get it on you. I definitely care about quality of water way more than I did 12 years ago, right? So, um, you know, a little bit of fake it till you make it, uh, you know, thought process there. Um, but the other side of that, what I've heard you say is, you know, common ground. Um, you gotta, it's hard. Sometimes you just think, man, there's just no way. There's no way I have any common ground with this person or this organization. Uh, but again, that just, to, you know, if you want to have a win-win, if you're trying to create a win-win situation through the communication that you're, you know, that you're trying to get, go back and forth, you got to find a way to find some sort of common ground. And for you all in that, in that uh, example, the common ground was you guys both wanted to protect the, you know, the body of water. 
you know, and, and sometimes the common ground, I mean, I, I, you know, when I read that bullet point of yours, I thought, man, you know, I'm like you, I don't, I, I'm an introvert by nature. Like people are like, well, you're not an introvert. I'm like, oh yeah, I really am. Cause I define introvert as how do you charge your battery? Some people charge their battery by being in that crowd. I do not. So I can, I can do this call with you. I can be at those conferences. I can do it for three days and talk to all the people. And it seems like I am not an introvert and I am wore out, <laughs> wore out. Right. And so from that communication standpoint, like you, you know, you're saying when I read that, I thought, man, I, I there's plenty of people I really don't want to hang out with. Right. Like, so in order to influence people, I got to be willing to hang out with them. But I think what I, what I heard you say too, is you got to be open. You know, you got to be open to the conversation because even if you're, even if the common ground is they've got a job to do and you've got a job to do, man, isn't life better if you can do it without the angst in the, in the, and the combativeness of, of a situation and everybody understands that they do, they have a job to do. And we're just trying to get to an end solution. Yeah. And even, go home. even if yeah. you don't have anything in common, just the fact that you would reach out and say, Hey, let's sit down and talk through this. That that that's communication. Also, is showing a, a willingness right. to to be open to to at least hear what's going on on the other side there. I mean, yeah, right, right. the willingness to listen. That other side of the that other side of the the, the Bitcoin. Well, I mean, I I, I love this. I, I love communication because again, because again, I've always been in sales or whatnot. So I think communication and the ability to you know people hate sales. You know, and I I've always been like, I mean, I don't understand like. As long as you have good intention, if my if I have good intention and I believe in, in in the message that I'm delivering to you, then I'm just really trying to take you down a path and try to figure out, you know, how can I provide you value, right? How can I provide you value, and then either you decide that you like that or, or you, you don't like that. I'm just it's just a, you know, it's just a process of of understanding somebody's needs and filling that needs with something that is actually valuable and not. Um, you know, I think people get uh, they get caught up in the the the, 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 the salespeople that aren't aren't built that way, I guess. But that's my that's the introvert side of me. There's got some process, right? It's not just all jibber jabber. <laughs> it's just not all talking. It's like, hey, this is a this is a good idea. Like we should come together and uh, and work toward this common goal together. And I think that's a lot of what you're talking about. Um, hey, before we go, what's going on? So, I mean, this is, I, again, I could talk about communication until, uh, till the cows come home, but, uh, what's, what's going on with you and, uh, and Fagan Consulting? What's happening? What's next? What are you guys going to be any conferences? You got some projects going on? What, what's going specifically in your world? Yeah. Well, right now I'm, I'm in a pretty sweet spot. You know, my wife is, she's doing some technical work, but her <laughs> main work is taking care of the business. And and what that uh, go ahead, rub, rub it in, rub it in that you you got you retired and now you've got your own gig and so oh and now you're telling me that that that, that mama's running the show all right go ahead go ahead so why, I, why, why am I interviewing wait why am I interviewing you what happened why am I interviewing you Barry where where's Tracy can, can we get her on the on the phone please <laughs> she's busy. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's busy. she's busy doing the things. Just yeah. go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm getting to do the, the, the work I love to do, and that's help good people that's awesome. get man better at managing stormwater. I'm going to continue to do that. Uh, we've I've actually got a pretty cool uh, uh, 
uh, relationship going with, with Auburn University. We're developing a, uh, a, a self-contained and portable stormwater treatment device right now. I'll tell you more about that in about six months. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Sounds like there's patents out there and, and hush yeah, hush. And so, it's going to be cool. Um, also helping to cool, formally, cool. formally stand up the Alabama Stormwater Association. We're a legitimate 501c3 now and uh, got a lot of cool coming with that. Um, I, I've been invited to deliver the keynote talk at the, the Hawaii DOT uh, protect our water conference coming up in November. So there's one more what? thing I've got to rub in there, ties. I'm getting to go. Oh, to my, I know, right? Like, oh my gosh, it's going in uh, our thoughts out and prayers out to those that were affected uh, yeah. by the wildfires in, in Hawaii. That's uh, uh, the videos that I've seen. It's just horrific. It's crazy. So um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But hey, c- congratulations on getting that opportunity. Yeah, that that. I swear, I, I've got three or four friends in the industry. Like, there's some projects going on in Hawaii. And so everybody that I know, I feel like I talk to, they're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to Hawaii. I gotta go, you know, and either their company's paying for it or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's very nice. Very yeah. nice. So yeah, well, congratulations on that. Um, so on, what's the best way to get, topic. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. On right. this topic of communication, there'd be an ICA environmental yeah. connection article coming out in the next month or so. Uh, about the oh, best. Oh, that's right. I, I almost, I almost forgot. I almost forgot. This, folks, this is a teaser. This, this podcast is a teaser for an article that will be coming out in the ICA Connection uh, that Barry wrote. Right now, was that uh, just a written article on your whole thesis or on the communication process, or was it yep. an interview style? It's all about, it's they all about the best management practice communication. So some of okay. what we've talked about today. Awesome. I got you. I got you. Right, right. So we get so you can get some more information and some more details on that at the on the IECA connection. Uh, and we're not sure. Like maybe you can see it. Like we were talking uh, before we started recording. Um, you might be able to see that article on the online version in September, but it'll definitely be in the print version in October. Is that what we're thinking? It's, it's the October issue, and I, I'm not sure October exactly issue. when that oh, is. Okay. Oh, when it comes out. When it comes out. Okay. October issue. October issue. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, you got any uh, any parting thoughts? Any kind of things you want to share with our with the listeners before we go? It could be it could be anything. We have touched on a, quite a few things today. So, um, yeah. I, and where I, can they t- when, and where can they get in touch? And where can they get in touch? What's the best way to get in touch with you, Barry? If anybody yeah, has questions. Uh, so our our website is faganllc.com. Uh, pretty simple. I'm at, I'm Barry at faganllc.com. There is a faganconsulting.com. That's not us. That's a highway toll collection firm in texas that <laughs> fagan llc.com and of course linkedin anytime that, that's that's funny that's funny so anything else any other any other thoughts anything we 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 missed or that you would want to want to say yeah. to before we go just a, a just some reminders we're all in positions of influence no matter where we sit in the organizational structure we all have that circle of influence we've got an obligation to get better every day and all that we do, including, you know, how we, how we influence other people, how we communicate. And I would just encourage everyone to keep, keep showing up, keep trying to get better at technically getting better communication, uh, personal, interpersonal skills, just try to keep showing up. And Ty, I will, will say that, um, I want to say thank you for being a consistent part of our, our stormwater world for the last, you know, 12 oh, or wow. 14 years, however long you've been doing that. 
I've really started to appreciate those faces that I see every time I, you know, go to a <laughs> national conference or even in our state. We have some folks that have been supporting those events from day one, and it's it's yeah. pretty cool. And I think uh, some of the people I respect most is because of their consistency. Either it's in their consistency of character, or consistency of showing up, or or whatever. So. I, I, I really appreciate that. Of, uh, helping good people get better at managing stormwater. Thanks for coming on the pod, Barry. I appreciate that. Everybody, 1% better every day. You don't have to be 100% better tomorrow. All you got to do is keep showing up. Like he said, 1% better every day. You'd be surprised with what you can do. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. And I guess I'll, uh, I, you know what? Before I let you go, are you going to, are you going to be in store? Are you going to come to Dallas? Are you coming to Dallas? StormCon? No? Yeah. One, one thing I've learned with my new company is if I'm not working, I'm not making money and nobody's. Oh, that is true. No one's paying my true. airfare and registration fees anymore. So uh, I got to be more. Uh, I got you. I, I got you. I'll, I'll miss but you're, you're, you're in, but you already said you're in your sweet spot. So you, you, you're out there in the, in the field doing the thing. So, all right, well, we'll miss you at StormCon. We'll be there, but uh, we'll talk to you soon. And hey, hey, everybody. So, uh, you know, Barry's going to give us that, uh, he's going to give us that exclusive when he drops that product on us, you know, that that portable stormwater treatment device. He's going to come back on the pod and talk about it when it comes out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm putting you on the spot. I'm joking. No, that'd be great. To do that. But, I, but I would love to have you on if you'd like to come on. And I appreciate your time today, sir. Take care. Thanks, Ty. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Stormwater World Podcast. Do you have something you'd like to discuss? Do you have an opposing opinion regarding something you heard during this episode? Let's talk about it. Click on the link in the show notes to sign up for a future episode. I'd love to visit with you about what's happening and how you see things unfolding in your stormwater world.